Welcome to the Brew Crew Review Podcast, the show by fans or fans of your Milwaukee Brewers. All right, Brewer fans, welcome to the Brooker Review Podcast with Craig, Vince, and Scott joining you today. How are you doing, fellas? Hey, Craig. Is, uh, hey, Scotty. Is, uh, is I'm doing fine. Yeah, I'm doing fine, too. Is Chad on? I don't think he's going to make it this time. I think he's just – I think he's still uh, forlorn or downtrodden about – the end of the brewer season. He did say though that we have a very fitting uh, intro song to our podcast, so there's that. There is that. There is that. Yep. So this is our last po- our last podcast we did. I think was a preview for the NLDS. Well, um, unfortunately, the best laid plans um, didn't work out as the Brewers did win the opening game with that set at home, but then lost three consecutive games: the Atlanta Braves, one at Miller Park, and then two. In Atlanta um, to have their season eliminated. The Braves went on to then knock off the Dodgers and the NLCS. And unfortunately for Vince and Lena, the Astros in the World Series, and they were the, two, the 2021 um, World Series champions. And they did it without pretty much one of the best players in the game and Ronald Acuna. And so, yeah, it's pretty interesting yeah, um, pretty interesting run by the Braves, and uh, unfortunately, I guess we'll focus on the Brewers, the Brewer podcast. But um, what I guess I'll just start by saying, obviously, there was a major disappointment because as we saw, the Braves made their run all the way to the World Series title. I really felt that the Brewer that the this year there was really no one, no real dominant team that I felt that was you know locked to win the World Series, and that it was kind of wide open field on. Both, both, both leagues. Obviously, the Dodgers and Giants won a lot of games, but I really felt that you know there was a, a chance for a team like the Brewers to make a run all the way. And unfortunately, the Braves ended up being that team. Um, so it's highly disappointing for a great season. The Brewers did win one less than the franchise record for wins in a season. Um, they finished first in the NL Central. Um, had some great. Great individual seasons by a lot of players, but yeah, definitely disappointing overall. But what what were your overall thoughts on the wrap up of the season, guys? I mean, you hit it on the head, Craig. It was obviously a disappointing way to end what you know had been a very uh, very positive year, especially after the Willie Adams trade in May. Um, I think that there was a good reason for optimism. It you know, I, I obviously. In the postseason, it was our offense that that really let the team down. Um, I do think that's going to need to be addressed. I, you know, we obviously had a good enough offense to win as many games as we did during the regular season. But, you know, in the postseason, as we saw, we're facing pitching that is that is of a caliber that's above what you're going to face in the regular season. And you're going to, you know, find guys that are, are, you know, the best in baseball who are pitching in every single game. So you're going to have to find some 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 hitters that can, you know, really keep up with our pitching staff. I think our pitchers did fine. I don't think that that's why we lost. I, I, it was clearly a, a letdown by the offense. And I think that that's why we saw Andy Haynes let go at the end of the year, um, you know, even after winning the division. Yeah, I don't think anyone was particularly surprised about that. Um, if anything, 
we were probably surprised that he stuck around as long as he did. But, you know, um, we gave him a good shot, and it, it was a good run. And I wish it well in the future somewhere or something. But um, <laughs> I, I, I will say this. Um, in, in our prediction episode, I, I made a long, possibly slightly drunken um, rant about or I, I spun a yarn about how I thought that uh, the Braves were going to push the Brewers to the brink. We were going to eke out a win, and that was going to propel us to um, uh, a World Series win. We were just going to ride that momentum all the way to the World Series and bring it home. It turns out it worked, but it was for the Braves, not for the Brewers. So, um, <laughs> you know, I don't know. I yeah. think everybody talks about, like, oh, the last eight teams that knocked off the Brewers all went on to at least go to the World Series. Great. Awesome. Wonderful. Yeah, we're just man, prepping up everybody else. <laughs> yep. As you mentioned, the Brewers, you know, for the first time in franchise history, really had, I mean, three basically starting performance. If you look at the overall numbers for Burns, Woodruff, and Peralta, three of the probably top 10 Brewer pitching seasons of all time, all in the same season. Um, Josh Hader had another phenomenal year at the back of the bullpen. In fact, kudos to. Josh Hader, he was just named today, I believe, um, the yep. reliever of the year. And that's quite awesome that the Brewers have actually had the last four relievers of the years. Devin Williams last year, and then Hader had won it the previous two seasons. So that's four straight years the Brewers have, have got, taken home this uh, Trevor Hoffman um, reliever yep. of the year award, which is pretty cool. Um, unfortunately, yeah, Hader – you know, and nothing against it. I mean, the guy's phenomenal during the regular season. But as we saw a couple of years ago in the game that you guys attended, the wild card game against the Nationals, where Hader showed himself to be more than human, and obviously in a really big spot in game four of this NLDS against Freddie Freeman, another a left-handed hitter, he lost that battle, and the Brewers end up losing that. I mean, if, they, if that doesn't happen, the Brewers bring it back to Miller Park. Yeah. Whole different conversation right now so it was a pretty huge at bat and a, a mistake on t- haters end obviously but um yeah yeah he did win the but Craig, don't you don't you think that that's kind of fluky i mean you know we're talking about what two games uh overall in the postseason that he's had his rough spots but i i, I read one stat about you know haters very dominant 2021 season it was i think he had one blown save all year um you know, the entire duration of 162 game campaign. So I really, I really hesitate to judge him based on, you know, what happened against Freddie Freeman, a very good hitter, the reigning National League MVP. Uh, it just happened to be, well, the spotlight was on, everybody was watching. But, uh, you know, I, we're talking about two postseason games out of his career. I, I, I tend to still have a lot of faith in Josh Tater. I hope he's with us, you know, next season as well, unless we were able to, to really get a, a huge return for him. But, um, you know, I do keep coming back to that injury for to Devin Williams, a self a self-inflicted injury that he suffered uh, while the team was in St. Louis in September. And you know, I, I wonder how things might have been set up differently a little bit, at least in the bullpen uh, for the Brewers if Devin had been healthy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I guess it would have been interesting. Who knows? I mean, maybe maybe if Freeman doesn't hit that homer, maybe if there's a healthy Devin Williams. Uh, we could have, um, you know, a parade going through downtown Milwaukee at 55 miles an hour. 
<laughs> Which I'm sure you would have flown back for, Scott, or driven up. Yeah, I would have been so angry. I would have been like, what? What just happened? <laughs> Follow him. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know what was going on there, but uh, yeah. Well, I think maybe this time next year the will be the Brewers will have a chance to have that parade in downtown Milwaukee, and not only that, but maybe they're waiting for Scott to be living in Milwaukee again. So by next year, yep. it, but it'll, it'll be a much shorter drive parade. Oh yeah, I from, tried from, to get um from Grafton, I tried to get a mortgage today. <laughs> How'd that go? Uh, for some reason, they said that they wanted me to like be working more. Like, all right, hmm. try. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they must not know you. Uh, yeah. Not likely. Oh. Um, well, and uh, but yeah, it's a much shorter commute from Grafton or Menominee Falls to Milwaukee. I know you don't like to go to the cities, but that that wouldn't be a bad one for you, Scott. I would assume that you would at least get up and 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 head down to that if that were to happen in Milwaukee at some point. But um, Craig, to your point, you know this this was the most dominant pitching season probably ever. Uh, for the Brewers, top to bottom, I mean, both the starting rotation and the bullpen were outstanding. I, you know, you look back to other successful Brewers teams, and you know, you you looked at 2011 with Granke and Markham and Giovanni, and that was a that was a pretty good rotation. But I think this rotation is great, and the the fortunate thing is that all these guys are are still you know Brewers property for a couple more seasons. Um, I to me, this is the best rotation that the team has ever had. I think that it's better than uh, the '82 staff, even with uh, you know, former Cy Young Award winner and Pete Vukovic and a Hall of Famer and Don Sutton. I think that this team, this team top to bottom in the rotation is better because there are so many seasons in Brewers history where a guy like Adrian Hauser or Eric Lauer, who had great seasons, by the way, uh, they would have been your eighth rather than your, your four or your five starter. Uh, and that, that's really exciting. And that does bode well for the future. And I know we're still, you know, very fresh off of this loss and it still hurts. Uh, but I do think that there are reasons for for optimism going forward, and I think that this rotation is is exciting. It's just you know, can we get a couple more bats that that I think that we need to kind of push it over the top? Well, the, at this time last year, we were talking on our on our podcast probably last November, uh, going into near the um, hot stove season, so to speak. We were talking about you know the Brewers likely would entertain the offers for Josh Hader in a possible trade. And they didn't end up doing that. And I think that was a smart move in hindsight because of the season that they had. And um, now I don't think any of us are going to be talking about wanting to trade Josh Hader. It could still happen. The Brewers have control of him for two more years, but he's going to be a little bit expensive in arbitration. But with that being said, I think that the Brewers are no longer looking to trade him most likely. Um, mostly because of the fact that I think they still have to strike while the iron is hot in this next, this kind of two year window coming up when we still have control yeah. Hater and, and Woodruff and Burns and, uh, and, and of course Peralta too, luckily is under that, that cheap contract going forward. So yeah, I think that this is a, a window of opportunity. And if you look at the rest of the division now, I mean, the Cardinals finished second and they ended the season by firing their manager, believe it or not. And then, you look at the other teams, the Reds are not going to re- retain a couple of really key players. So I think they're going to cut payroll. So they're going to be declining. Pirates aren't there yet and hardly ever are there. And then if you look at the Cubs. They're definitely in a massive rebuilding. Of course, they could spend a lot in free agency, but their team has been so gutted that it's going to take them a while to be contenders again. It's not going to be a one or two year flip around. I don't think for the Cubs. So 
really, if you look at going into 2022, it's really probably going to be that two team race for the NL central again. And I, I still believe the Brewers are going to be the best team. I mean, Wayne, Wright yeah. Molina are going pretty much in their last seasons of their career and the Cardinals this upcoming year. So if you look at beyond even next year, they're going to be losing those two. Uh, the Brewers, I think, have a real nice window of opportunity to be playoff contenders well the next two years. And I think because of that, you got you've got a key Hater. And not only that, but I think you've got to consider possibly emptying the upper levels of your farm system to acquire yeah. a, a difference-making player. And I'll just throw out the name like someone like Matt Olson or something at first – power hitting first baseman for the A's who most likely will have a sell off here coming up too. Um, could be someone that might be worth acquiring in, in, in this window of time where the Brewers can really make a run, but it's obvious the Brewers have to yeah. drop and well, it's been a problem for the last couple of years. Well, yeah, Craig, and to your, to your point, you know, we've won that, that National League reliever of the year award for the last, what, four or five seasons because David Stearns and Matt Arnold valued that bullpen so much. I mean, so to me, it would take, it would take a lot to pry Josh Hader away from the Brewers. I think that, you know, they understand how important that, that lockdown bullpen is to the success of this team. And yes, our starting pitching is better now than it was five years ago, but I still think that, you know, given the nature of the game in 2021, when you have those types of starters, like we do with Burns and Peralta and Woodruff and, they can they can hopefully get you through six, maybe seven innings, uh, and then you can hand it off to a really solid bullpen. And um, so I think that that's still a huge part of David Stern's game plan. So I, I do think that we're going to hold on to Hater. And uh, you know the other the other factor in that is the Devin Williams factor. And I, I hate to keep bringing it up because I love Devin, but you know I guess that the Brewers need to figure out kind of what we have in them. Are we going to stick with them after what happened? And you know and, and down the stretch last year. I just think that that was such a gut punch to the team uh, when it occurred. I, I really think that that did have a huge impact. And I, so I, I don't know what the Brewers plan is with him. Is he going to come back next year and still be our eighth inning guy? Um, I, I really don't think that the Brewers are prepared to make him our closer, which is pretty much what would have to happen if we were to trade a hater. Right. I mean, unless we were to sign somebody else. Um, so to me, we're Bachberger's already a free agent. He was very solid for us as a, as a seventh inning guy, I think that, um, you know, if, if we're not going to resign him, we're still going to have to add to the bullpen, not subtract by trading Josh Hader. Well, if you look- yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting. And that's for sure. I, I mean, Devin Williams, I guess, was kind of the goat this year. And I, by goat, I mean, see back, back when I was a kid, goat actually didn't mean greatest of all time. It meant kind of the opposite. Um, so yeah, that definitely happened. I guess the other thing that, nobody wants to talk about, but the elephant in the room is probably that we don't even have a collective bargaining agreement for next year. So uh, we don't even know if opening day is going to happen on time. I mean, I, obviously I, I think it will worst case scenario though. Um, well, I mean, I guess absolute worst case scenario. We don't even have a 2022 season, which I, again, I'm not saying that that's going to happen, but uh, it's, it's definitely a possibility and so the other thing, though, is that um, in the more likely uh, thing that will happen is that we will come to an agreement and the DH will be um, implemented in the National League as well. I, I definitely think that's going to happen. And that means that we can have potentially another bat that we're going to have to um, we're going to have to get in the lineup. So it, it's and, and compounding our own problems. Batters. 
and, and I didn't mean to interrupt you, Scotty, but and Garcia's a free agent. You know, the guy who led the team in home runs for the Brewers this season. I mean, we, we can't forget that, you know, Christian Yelich is now coming off of two, uh, what I'll just classify as very bad years. And um, we're losing the guy who had the most home runs in our, in our lineup. So, I mean, the Brewers do have a ton of holes. Uh, I still don't know that we found our, our real answer at first base. I know that fans love both Vogelbach and Telez, and they're kind of fun, and they have some big moments for sure. I'm not down on either one of those guys, but, you know, one of those guys maybe as a backup off the bench might be a little bit more palatable than being your, your you know, starting first baseman going into 2022 if there is a season. And, and Scotty, to your point, what I'm questioning is, is how – the lack of a collective bargaining agreement, which does expire uh, technically on December 2nd of this year, uh, how that's going to impact the Brewers and other teams' offseason preparations. I mean, do we just kind of sit on our hands for the next, you know, few weeks and then see what happens by the second? And then if that's not renewed, which I'm sure it will not be right away, do teams even sign any free agents or does just all hot stove activity cease until there is some sort of an agreement so that you know, teams know what they're working with, whether it be with a, you know, a luxury tax or, a, um, you know, some of the other proposals out there, a salary cap or um, even a payroll minimum uh, for teams like Miami and Pittsburgh that never spend any money on players despite receiving revenue sharing. So we really don't know. Uh, we don't know if we're going to have a DH. We don't know if we're not. We don't know a lot of things. So I just wonder how teams like the Brewers are going to approach the offseason with all of these uh, question marks and uncertainties going into it. The Brewers usually have been approaching the offseason by really kind of like laying in the weeds and letting all the like the chips, the dust settle on the the major free agent signing, and then they they kind of pick over the leftovers, so to speak, uh, and try to get some bargains. I don't know if that'll really. I don't think that's going to change much. I mean, with Yelich's contract under you know on our books, basically, and a lot of a lot of guys getting arbitration raises coming up. I really feel that the Brewers are not going to go out and make a splashy free agent. Like people are saying, oh yeah, we might sign Nick Castellanos. I'm sorry, but he's going to cost too much money and we're just not going to do that. We're most likely going to land a, more of a more bargain guy and maybe not the complete dumpster diving bargain bin that I guess Stearns has been operating under the last couple of years, Stearns Arnold. But I, I think it'll be someone, you know, most likely a power bat. I'm, I'm guessing they're going to kind of focus on at either an outfield spot to replace Garcia or possibly a first baseman type. But I mean, I really don't think they have as many holes as a, a typical off season, to be quite honest. I mean, their entire starting rotation is coming back and with, and with depth, I mean, they're literally uh, really not. I mean, they've got Hauser and Lauer as our, you know, fourth and fifth. I mean, we're pretty, we have some pretty nice depth and then you got uh ashby possibly who, who's probably gonna be groomed for rotation spot too so that's six starters deep and really young nice starters i mean to begin with our bullpen is for the most part coming back outside of possibly like Boxberger. uh and then if you look at our offense i mean obviously first base has been a, a problem ever since fielder left but beyond that i mean we are losing garcia because we didn't offer him a qualifying uh, offer and he he's not coming back most likely so I think we'll replace him with some type of free agent saying, but other than that, there's, I don't think there's gonna be a whole lot of shopping done by the Brewers really. One, one understated uh, need for the, the Brewers might have this off season, Craig, as I see it is the um, catcher position. I know that Omar is coming back, but Manny Pena is a free agent. I'm wondering if we're going to resign him or um, 
you know, he he's had a pretty solid run uh, with the Brewers as, as kind of a off again, on again starter and backup. But you know, in the role that he's been in, he's been solid enough, perhaps to earn a starting opportunity elsewhere. I'm wondering if the Brewers are going to resign him or if it's going to be the the Brewers are going to have to go find a backup catcher as well. And that might be a need that you know the team prioritizes. I don't necessarily see us you know, giving that, that backup catcher position to Luke Maley, who just declared free agency or some of the other guys. I know we've got some younger catchers in the system too. So perhaps we could, you know, call up somebody like a Mario Feliciano or someone of that nature. But, um, you know, that could be an interesting position to watch for, uh, for the offseason for Milwaukee as well. Yeah. And Omar had such a great first half, but he really was terrible the entire second half. But I'm sorry, Scott, go ahead. No, it's definitely true. I, he finished with a pretty, um, I guess, a pretty solid line. But yeah, the bulk of that, <laughs> he did all his heavy lifting before the All Star break. But um, I, I was going to say that when it comes to a backup catcher, uh, especially with um, with the starting rotation uh, that we have, I I would definitely prefer us to have a veteran leader like Pena. I just think that uh, if we are going to bring up someone through the, through the system or, or bring in a, a young unproven guy, um, I, I just, I don't want to see that as a backup. Now we can call somebody up if let's say we re-sign Pena and either him or Narvaez happen to get injured, uh, then I'm totally fine with it. But um, the, this, this rotation is, is too good. I don't want to mess around. Yeah, that's a that's a great point, Scott. And, and in terms of veteran leadership, because you know primarily what you're looking for out of that position, of course, is is a guy who can handle a pitching staff and be a leader and 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 somebody who knows how to call a good game. I think that the offensive production out of the catcher spot is uh, is truly just a bonus. Um, you know, 95 percent of the time. So as long as they're not hitting, you know, 150 or something, I, I think that it's it's fine generally if the guy can, you know, handle the pitching staff. Well, even Pena. I mean, I'm pretty sure he hit under 200 last year, but um, I don't know. He was probably good for, I don't know, 10 or 12 homers probably. I, I don't know. It's not in front of me. But, in fact, he um, had 13 we'll home have runs. Your, have, your <laughs> have your interns looking up, Scott. That's what they're Which there is for. fifth on the team, and, four more than Christian Yelich. Yeah. Oof. <laughs> yeah. backup catcher. Uh, oh, well. Well, I mean, the, the biggest value that he has, aside from, you know, obviously being able to call a great game, play is his absolute stellar defense. Um, so, um, yeah, I mean, he's, Pena doesn't bring his, um, his value with his uh, slightly below the Mendoza line batting average. You know, he is, but he is extremely valuable, I think. So, see how it goes. Pena, Pena last year just for the record, hit 189. I had to look it up. Um, yeah, I hit 189, but yeah, 13, 13 home runs, 33 RBIs. Um, so, you know, it's not a great offensive year. He provided a, a little bit of pop, but he certainly knows how to call the pitching staff, and he's worked with these guys for a number of years. I mean, that's the other value in a guy like Pena compared to somebody that you just kind of sign as a fresh face off the free agent list. It's, you know, this is a guy that has worked with this entire pitching staff, you know, starting in spring training and going back several seasons now. So I, I think that that's you know, important. Oddly enough, I mean, Pena has been a brewer since 2016. It's crazy to think it's been that long. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if we brought him back because he is a right-handed hitter and Narvaez is a lefty. They kind of seem to make a really nice tandem when healthy. But, um, you know, I mean, 
as a backup catcher, um, yeah, it's you that familiarity with the pitching staff is to me is kind of like a key over like a slightly better bat as a backup catcher that is not familiar with our our, our young picture pitchers, uh, you know. So who knows what the Brewers are thinking there? But I wouldn't be surprised if we do bring him. In. But outside of like Garcia and Pena, the real, really in some bullpen arms, the bulk of our team is really going to be coming back. So that is exciting if you look at a, a 95 win. Did we win 95 or 96 games? Yeah, that I think 96 games we won. So, I mean, we, we won the division by quite a few games. So I, I really feel that there's a lot to be optimistic about going in the next season. I mean, we'll, we'll talk more on our next podcast about, you know, the, the CBA and all those ram, possible ramifications coming up and also, you know, more looking forward. So uh, we'll kind of finish up the rest of this podcast by looking back and I even have a rapid nine coming up. Um, but I did want to mention that the also earlier this week, the MLB did list off their finalists for the big end of end of year awards. And I know that Craig Council made the final three for NL manager of the year um, along with uh, the giants, um, Gabe Kapler and uh, the Cardinals, Mike Schlitt. Um, and then over in the NL Cy Young Award, uh, Corbin Burns made the final three, along with Max Scherzer and Zach Wheeler. Um, real quick, what were your thoughts on those announcements? Were you surprised by anyone being left off of the top three in those? And uh, I guess, what are your thoughts on the chance of either of those two brewers bringing home the hardware, I guess? My only surprise on that was uh, Brian Snicker from Atlanta being left off the finalists list for, for the national league. I mean, I think that, you know, well, obviously they submit these names before the postseason starts. So I guess I kind of get it, but you know, he had a, another good season, but uh, you know, quite frankly, he edged out council a couple of years ago when I think that that council clearly deserved the award. So, um, you know, if Craig can edge him out this year, Craig, Craig council is certainly deserving of a manager of the year award. One of these seasons. I mean, the, the job that he's done with Milwaukee since he was named manager in 2015 has been remarkable. So I'm, I'm hopeful that this is his year and, and uh, Corbin Burns, I think deserves the same award. I, I hope that he gets it and that Milwaukee gets enough national attention and love for him to win the award, but um, he's certainly deserving whatever happens. Yeah, I'm sure there's, there's probably a couple. Um, um, th- well, there are definitely a few pitchers, uh, notably, um, he rides from the Dodgers. He was really good. Actually, Bueller from the Dodgers, half the Dodgers started with patience, um, <laughs> was, uh, was omitted from Mac, the list. Max Scherzer, so, was, Max Scherzer was great again this year. I mean, yep, yeah. He's a finalist. But you could also, I mean, you could even argue that, like, well, I guess you really can't. But, like, uh, obviously, Woodruff and, and Peralta, I think in, in past years, um, I think that they would have. Uh, potentially been at least in the conversation, but um, I guess that's not like a huge surprise, but yeah. I think they'll both finish the top 10 of the voting. I, I think all three of the Brewers top three will start, will finish in the top 10 of the NL signing voting. That's what I predict at least, but we'll see if the results are soon. That gets released. I think the manager of the year is on next coming Monday and the Cy Young gets uh, announced next Wednesday. So hopefully Brewer fans are tuning in for that, but yeah. I, I agree with Vince. That's I was surprised that you know the Cardinals manager, who's not not even with the team anymore, uh, over the Braves uh, manager. But those those votes are, are in before the start of the postseason, of course. But um, a little surprising there. And then 
I was really kind of shocked that Walker Bueller didn't make the top three. I mean, I, I get the whole Wheeler thing, even though honestly, if, if I had votes, Burns would get the number one vote for my ballot. And I would actually put Walker Bueller season second. So I was really shocked he didn't make the final three, but whatever. Um, it should be interesting to see those results pouring, but council definitely will, will, will at least one of these years. It almost seems like it's hard now not to give it to Kapler this year with his team coming out of nowhere and winning 107 games. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, yeah, that's true. Craig might have to wait one more year, but at least next year, you know, we'll have over 100 wins for him to, you know, hang his hat on, and we'll be on our way to the World Series and whatnot. So, um, Craig, I don't I think mean, that you, I don't think Craig, I don't think that you could vote for a National League Cy Young Award because you put money on one of the candidates. So I, hmm. I think you'd be barred from 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 participating. Yeah. I know. That's I I'm not believing, but there'd be a conflict of interest. I mean, it would, it would be a clear ethics violation. So I, I think that you would probably be in. Yeah, you probably can't vote. I thought they got rid of that. Is there? I thought they got rid of the ethics violations in this country. Apparently not. Yeah, uh, Chad. Chad. Chad says that they're pretty strict. Um, he 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 told me that. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> All right. So do you, before we get to the rapid nine, are there any other thoughts you want to uh, to include in or, or anything on you know, the 2021 Brewer season that unfortunately came to an end, even though we did make the playoffs for the fourth? Uh, yeah, Craig, I, I just wanted to say, I think that um, we got to throw a little kudos to a few guys. I think Colton Wong, uh, he, he surpassed my expectations of him. Uh, this season, I mean, I knew that he was he was the Brewers' big free agent acquisition uh, going into 2021. But um, seeing him play day in and day out, it reminded me of why I hated him so much when he played for the Cardinals and he played the Brewers. Um, he is he is everything that you want at the top of the lineup. I thought that he was uh, outstanding. Uh, obviously, our, our pitchers that we mentioned in the starting rotation, I I think from top to bottom in the starting rotation uh, in our bullpen deserve a lot of kudos and. Um, Willie Adamas, it should be pointed out, did w- win the Brewers team MVP for 2021 as well. Um, you know, obviously that's a, a team award, so it's not national recognition or anything, but uh, I, I still think it worth mentioning just, you know, what a great season that he had. And uh, I, I don't know what exactly the future holds for Willie, if that was if that was what we're going to see from him going forward or not. But I can tell you this, it was a lot of fun to watch him this season. And it was, it was, certainly the addition that the Brewers needed in, you know, late May when, when we acquired him from Tampa. Yeah. Yeah. Our offense was pretty unwatchable at that time. And I guess the only, the only thing I was going to say, um, not about the Brewers, but well, maybe technically, I guess the only thing I was thinking is, you know, to me, I, this is the first year that Gabe Kapler was like a pretty good manager. Like I, I, I think that there's a lot of people that thought that, um, in his previous attempts at managing that uh, he fell short in a big way. And so I don't know if any of that is going to carry over to the voters where they might think this is more of a flash in the pan, whereas council has kind of proven it year in and year out. So it's possible that council do it. I wouldn't put money on it, but um, if, if he does win it, I think that would be uh, a slight factor. Yeah. And, and yeah, the, the, absolutely. I agree with you, Scott, that Gabe Kapler, I had very low opinion of, of going into 20 <laughs> as a manager. I mean, as a former brewer, yeah, lots of accolades there, but um, as, as a manager at the Phillies, definitely not someone that was uh, doing great things. So, all right, well, let's get to the wrap of nine guys. Um, 
Wow, this is just so Scott. Feel free to feel free to take your time on these too. I, I know Craig's always talking about being rapid, but you, we want to hear your answers and really get into detail on these. Um, I'll, I'll probably have a, at least a clever anecdote about um, each one of my answers. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's um, you know if you're on a nice three-hour drive through straight through Nebraska or something like that, and you want to, uh, yeah, you know, keep the podcast rolling because this one's going to get good. Maybe. Yep, agreed. <laughs> uh, so again, this, this one, uh, our, our nine innings of question here are kind of based off of some um, Brook Review accolades we give every year. So let's start off with the first inning. And Scott, I guess we'll have you lead off. The Brewers 2021 Hitter of the Year. Who would you give that to? Um. I'm going to go with Keston here. No, come on. Don't be like that. That's not – this is a postseason. That's not nice. No, I mean, I – I believe me. Remember when we had this really long conversation about uh, literally just about every podcast a couple of years ago about how Corbin Burns, how he was absolutely struggling. And now look at him. He's probably going to be a Cy Young. I think he's going to be. But, um, you know, he obviously yep. turned it around. And – Boy, I hope that Keston Harris can do the same thing because, man, that would go a long way. Um, having said that, hey, um, Scotty, I, Scotty, I know this is rapid nine, but just to your point, I, you know, yeah. I was, as you guys know, I was in St. Louis for that, that Brewers Cardinal series, and Keston was called up as a surprise, if if you guys recall that day, and he was put right in the starting lineup, and he, I know it's one game, obviously it's a very small sample size, but he had a couple of hits and. He hit the ball hard every single at bat. I was actually really impressed with how different he looked, uh, having seen him play earlier in the year. It seemed like his focus was back, and I don't want to make too big of a deal about it. You know, again, it's just one game, but um, I do think that the upside on him is is still there to a degree, at least. And I think that you know he's been such a pure hitter and uh, and and has been so good and consistent throughout his time in the minor leagues and his first season and a half in Milwaukee. I, so I, you know there's always that chance that we could be talking about him as an all-star in a couple of seasons. You never know. Maybe all he needs is a I sure hope so. brand new hitting coach. That'll be, and then he'll be fixed. Hopefully. <laughs> never know. Yeah, absolutely. And um, speaking of hitting, this is a perfect segue back to the question you just asked. Um, I think <laughs> Willie Thomas was uh, I think he was uh, a, a real solid hitter for us this year. I, I don't, think that when that trade was completed um mm. i'm sure there's some brilliant people in the brewers front office that thought that um he could reach this potential this year but um i didn't really think it was a big deal so um shows what i know maybe that's why the brewers didn't hire me i got the generic letter that said sorry we Did won't you? hire you or something Right. Excellent. Now, real yeah. quick, guys, the Webster's Dictionary defines the word rapid as happening in a short time or at <laughs> just in case you were confused on um, what this is. Yeah, but Craig, in our pre-production meeting with our anonymous source, Tom Carter, he mentioned just to, you know, take your time, do what you need to do and and make sure that Scott expounds on his answers. I, that was very important to, to our anonymous source, Tom Carter. Um, Tom actually said that um, he, he doesn't mind if we if we use his full name and 
So he's like, um, if you guys want to keep doing the same joke over and over, like, I guess that's okay. But um, so I think for the sake of the joke, maybe we should just call him Tom C or, or T Carter, but no. When you, when you say full name, should we go with Thomas Carter or Thomas J Carter? Is that what you prefer? Is it possible um, from multiple jobs or just the one that we like is, I guess what's his, what's his concerns at this point? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't, I don't know at this, at this juncture, but anyways, uh, okay. Scotty, you, <laughs> you said it, Thomas, uh, Craig, even though you're not a huge fan of him, I'm going to go with, uh, Avi Garcia. I think he's my offensive player of the year for the Brewers. Uh, you know, he was consistent. He hit for power. He was a guy that, um, you know, I felt pretty comfortable with coming up in big situations at the plate, not during the postseason, of course, but that's true of everyone. And, um, so to me, I'm going to go with Avi Garcia. All right, I'm actually going to go with Louis Urias. I mean, he led the Brewers. Yeah, good pick. Appearances good pick. By nearly almost 100. Um, and he was second on the team at 23 home runs. Um, and his versatility, I think, was really what made him the most valuable player team, you know, being able to play third, short, and second. Wong missed some time where he filled in at second. Our third base was always up and down, and he filled in there. And, of course, between – Arcia and Adamas's tenure, he, he filled in at shortstop too. And whenever there was injuries, Adamas was down for a while. He was filling in there. So, I mean, a super valuable guy to have on the team. And I think prove this year, the Brewers are going to ultimately end up winning that trade um, that we did with the, the Padres. And I, I guess he'll, he'll get, he'll get my nod of hitter of the year. So, all right. Pitcher. I was going to say up until last I'll, year, I'll that was a, uh, that was a really one-sided trade up until last year. And now, uh, boy, uh, you might say that's a wash now. You might even say the Brewers are winning that trade now. Without a doubt. Yeah, good, good. I mean, Eric Lauer is looking pretty pretty damn good. And, I mean, Zach Davies, I mean, no offense to her, but he's pretty much toast and not even on the Padres anymore. And, and Grisham is, is whatever, so. <clears throat> No, good, good pick to all you guys. And, and again, for the record, the uh, Milwaukee baseball writers agreed with Scott, the great man, Bartell, and Willie Adamas did win the MVP. Oh. Okay, so just as an example, our first inning there took about 10 minutes, which means if we went at the same pace, okay. that would take about 90 minutes. Um, again, yeah, about an hour and a half. You should be a, a bonus big question. State. Yeah, Nebraska is, Nebraska is a big state. Pretty long, yeah. Yep. Well, I mean, you know that pitchers and catchers don't report for a few more months. I think we're okay. Yep. Yeah. All right. Second <laughs> inning, Vince, you're going to lead off the second inning. Um, All right. Year. Brewers pitcher of the year. Brewers pitcher of the year? Uh, Corbin Burns. I mean, you could definitely make a case to give it to Josh Hader. Um, but I think that the year that Corbin had was so special that you have to give it to him and Honorable mention. When you can talk about honorable mentions with the Brewers pitching staff, that's great. When you can talk about honorable mentions for uh, like four guys, that's even better. So <laughs> I'll give it to Burns yeah. and honorable mention. <laughs> the Hater, to Peralta, to Woodruff, uh, just awesome, awesome up and down uh, pitching performances here by the entire Brewers staff. I just, I, I can't say enough. And 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 even guys that don't get the credit that they that they probably deserve, guys like. Uh, Brad Boxberger, guys like Jake Cousins. I mean, we just had so many guys that stepped up, um, both in the rotation and the bullpen this year. Adrian Hauser, I mean, you could just go top to bottom. Um, so I, I'd have more of a problem finding guys 
in this rotation or in this bullpen that uh, were disappointments, quite frankly. So a great, great year for Brewers pitching. Yeah, I mean, when you think about Hauser and Lauer, that four and five starter, there's probably 28 teams in the league that, that would have loved to have those guys as their fourth and fifth starters. So it's pretty phenomenal. Well, there's a lot of a lot of teams that, again, and most Brewer teams in the past, those guys would have been our ace or our number two starter. I mean, when you look back at, you know, some of the teams that were playing in Miller Park when we started working there, guys, it was, you know, oh. rotations led by J- Jamie Wright and Jimmy Oh, Haynes God. The entire 90s Ruben was pretty Qu- terrible also. Ruben Quevedo. Yeah, that's not even counting the 90s when we were even worse. I mean, many of those seasons. So, you know, when I think about Matt Kinney uh, being our number two <laughs> starter, Rafael or Raphael Roquet getting the opening day nod in 97 or whatever year it was. I, I just, I, I am floored by what a great job Matt Arnold and David Stearns have done in acquiring some of these guys and, and, and keeping them as brewers. I mean, the fact that Adrian Hauser and Eric Lauer are number four and five starters is, is incredible to me. And the fact that, and Craig, like you pointed out, that we've got Ashby coming up through the ranks who, you know, had, had a rough uh, debut, but actually pitched very well outside of that one bad game against uh, the Cubs uh, in his debut. I, I think that it's even more re- reason for optimism. And uh, no joking aside, Craig, I actually thought that Brett Anderson pitched great this year for the role that he was in. I mean, he was consistent. He was solid enough. He's not an ace. We all knew that. But, um, you know, again, for being a serviceable guy that you could throw out there uh, every five days or whatever it was, he, he was – dependable enough uh to win a decent amount of games for for milwaukee so um you yeah, know he's, a, he's to, a really solid seven starter i totally i agree and a great veteran to have in that <laughs> but you know what in all seriousness he stepped up he, and he is a guy no, I, played, yeah he was solid he did have, he was solid this year and and yeah. he even stepped up I, I was really impressed um again that series in st louis i was really impressed that he pitched on a couple days rest knowing he wasn't going to make the the postseason roster most likely and he still was um, happy to do it he put out statements on social media how honored he was to pitch for the brewers and you know he, it just kind of struck a chord i think that it was just you know again if that's your your number six starter basically that's that's pretty awesome so um yeah overall just everybody yeah. but corbin burns is, is my first pick well not only that though but anderson had to battle through like 25 injuries so <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> By the way, you guys do. You guys do that. You you brought up some unbelievable uh, pitchers that were uh, potential aces on the Brewers team, uh, and uh, <laughs> I like. It, you want to take a real deep dive and look at uh, who the fifth starters were uh, with some of those teams. <laughs> Man, Paul Rigdon, Shane Man. <laughs> I mean. It was it was just like Brian Millett era in, in Brewers baseball history, the Andrew Lorraine and Alan LeBralts of the world. I mean, we just had so many guys. And then, quote, when, when we when we quote unquote turned the corner, even when we finished 500 for the first time in forever in 2005, I think our number two starter that year was Victor Santos, and Toma Oka was uh, was battling for that spot. I mean, it was just ridiculous the, oh the guys God. that we threw out there for so many seasons and, and threw them out there. Like we could actually compete with these guys, um, you know, uh, and, and that just goes to show that, that how important depth is. And, uh, you know, I think that we're going to need all those guys next year. You see what happens in the 162 game season. You know, that 
Um, you know, there's likely to be injuries in your pitching staff. So, you know, the fact that we've got a guy like uh, Ashby ready to step in or a guy like Lauer ready to step in. And, um, you know, the only disappointment of the pitcher this year for me was Josh Lindblom, who we had signed to a three-year deal going into 2020. And we sent him down. We And we sent him down to the minor leagues where uh, in, I think it was May, whereas previous Brewers teams would have let him suffer in the big league level all year long, just because we had paid him a little bit of money. And um, so that's exciting, you know, when we don't have to, to kind of suffer through that and um, watch somebody go out there every five days, knowing he's just going to get killed by, you know, the Pittsburgh pirates or something. Yeah. No, you guys make some fair points. In fact, I think I've mentioned this before, but uh, about 20 years ago now, almost like, like kind of almost when uh, all the four of us, Met back as employees at Miller Park, but um, I know Ben Sheets was just breaking into the big leagues at the time. And after he really started to solidify himself, I was like, wow, this is awesome to have an ace. And I don't remember, like, between Higuera and like the late 80s and Sheets in the early 2000s, there was about a 15 year period there where the Brewers didn't even have anyone resembling an ace on the team. And that's right. It was kind of nice. And so now for the Brewers, and that's why I was kind of banging on, and, and Sheets, of course, was a first round pick back in the day. And that's why I was, I've been banging on the drum for the Brewers for the last 10 years to draft a pitcher in the first round that could become an ace and they just haven't done it. But to their credit, to their scouting department, to Matt Arnold, to David Stern's credit now that they have somehow, you know, homegrown three homegrown aces this year. What, Two of them were in Woodruff, I think was drafted in the ninth round. Burns, I think was drafted in the fourth or fifth round. And then you've got um, Peralta who came over via a trade. And then the other two also yeah. via trade too. Uh, and that's Hauser from the Astros and the Gomez deal. And then of course we've got Lauer coming over in the, that uh, Grisham deal. So, I mean, to their credit, they somehow pulled this thing off and got an awesome pitching staff which I think has been sorely needed for a long time for the Brewer franchise. And we finally have that. And now our offense sucks. So, you know, we got to get it all, all right at once and hopefully next year's year. So anyway, uh, yeah. all right. Um, I'm, I think where are we? we're still in the, it's a very, this is like a, a 30 pitch second inning here. Um, but uh, so um, yeah, the second, my pitcher year is also going to go to Corbin Burns for, Lots of reasons. I guess I'll I'll pat myself on the back a little bit and said I did predict that Burns would win this and also Cy Young and also throw a no hitter this year and he almost did both those things. We'll see. Um, so anyway, um, moving on to the third. Hey, hey, Craig, Craig, this, Craig, this is rapid, man. We gotta we gotta get this rolling. <laughs> we did we did better on that. That was an eight minute. Inning. The first <laughs> minute was uh, nine minutes. That, that, that was eight. So we're doing pretty good. Um, all right, unsung hero, hero, Scott, start us off. Third inning, unsung hero. Unsung hero. Well, I just want to say, first of all, that there are so many, many people. No, I'm just messing with you. (laughs) There there are actually a lot of people that you could put here. Um, since I'm leading off, I'm not going to do an honorable mention, I might yell one at, at the very end of it, but. Um, I'm actually going to say Eric Lauer because um, I think that um, he really kind of quietly had had a very good year, and um, you know I wasn't even sure that he was gonna was gonna be in the rotation if I'm being honest. So um, yeah, for him to yeah. 
to do what he did. I, I was I was really impressed, and I think he's uh, him and, and how to an extent also were kind of obviously overshadowed by by the big three and and their unbelievable seasons. But uh, I mean, they they had great seasons too. So tip of the cap, especially down the stretch, especially down the stretch with Lauer. But um, yeah, that I was thinking about Lauer just to be different. I'll say. Uh, I'll say Colton Wong, you know, again, he just really exceeded my expectations. I was very impressed. Well, and Maurer, he pitched a a playoff game for us, and he was doing really well. They just may have left him in just a tick too long, I think. But, um, you know, I mean, who would have thought that going into the beginning of the year? So, you know. Yeah. (sighs) Yeah, no, that's right. I'll go with Colton. And also, by the way, that was a good decision. Council saved Corbin Burns for game five. Um, but anyway, um, right. <laughs> Hey man, it's not why we lost. We He's lost well rested. We okay. So, um, my unsung hero is going to be the, well, people have different nicknames from him, but I call him the on Jace machine. And that's Jace Peterson. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, he obviously wasn't really a starter, but kind of, he did fill in at many positions and, had a quality at bats, which is pretty cool to see. And that when you see it, like players like Kesson Hero swinging at every pitch everywhere and missing at every type of pitch yep. on, you know, that's not true. Sometimes you watch fastball. <laughs> Jace Peterson. Good, good pick, on... Craig. On base, Jace had a great season. On base, Jace. I love him. He's great. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> I call him the on Jace machine, but hopefully he comes back, but who knows? <laughs> All right. Um, you should make that a t-shirt. Wait, did, did oh, yeah, we all did the unsung hero. Fourth inning, Vince, you can start. We have off. a brew crew view store. Do we still have that? Sure we do. Oh, I'm sure. On Jason, your intern- would be a real, a real nice t-shirt, I think. So. Yeah, aren't your intern, don't your interns run that store for us to sell that stuff? I mean, and. I think Scott. Oh, our interns. Not performing. We don't even we don't even have interns anymore. We I don't even know what we're doing with them anymore. So, um, they they um they're gonna have to get their their bonus credits for the University of Phoenix somewhere else. (laughs) (laughs) All right, uh, fourth innings, Vince, lead us off. Who was the most surprising player? Most surprising player of twenty twenty one. Uh, uh, Christian Yelich being so bad surprised me. <laughs> Scott, That's my answer. Zing. Oh. <laughs> That's it. That's oh, my man. answer. Scott, you're oh. up next. Biggest surprise? Hmm. All right. Well, um, actually, going to go with um. I'm going to go with Urias. I think um, I was surprised. I did not think that um, he was going to be as good offensively. And say what you will. Now, I I have come out and said that uh, I was a little alarmed by um, his amount of errors. Um, You know, people started to throw around the the scariest word in in baseball, yips. And uh, luckily, uh, I, I don't think that really happened but um for a guy that played all over the diamond um he actually made some uh, phenomenal defensive plays so even though he made a lot of errors he 
actually, I, I thought he was, um, you know, pretty average defensively. I think it all even out. And I think that those errors are going to um, go down as, um, you know, next season and, and beyond. And so uh, his offense obviously was, was pretty phenomenal. So, yeah, he's my pick. I'm going to go with Freddie Peralta because, it, I mean, it seems like eons ago, but at this time last year, there was really – Ray Brawl that wasn't even a member of our rotation. And I think that that was even true, you know, until just before the season started until even going in spring training, I don't think he was for sure going to be in the rotation. So now he was in the rotation. We pitched phenomenally and not, and he was an all-star and he even pitched a clean uh, three strikeout inning in the all-star game. So that was pretty awesome and surprising to me. Oh, Vince. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, fifth inning, most disappointing player, Scott, you can start us off. Now I had Keston here. I'm sorry. I jumped the gun on that one. Um, I just because I had so many, I, I had high hopes for him. And you know what? Let me spin this into a positive. Um, when we signed Colton Wong, I think a lot of us were like, "Where's Colton Wong going to play?" And uh, well, it kind of just worked itself out. And if we hadn't signed Colton Wong, that would have been um, it would have been tough. Um, our offense would have been significantly worse. So, um, with that in mind, yeah, um, Preston's my pick. All right, Vince. All right, I gotta. I have to again. I don't mean to keep harping on him, but I have to go with Christian Yelich. I mean, we, we're talking about a former MVP hitting in the middle of the lineup that was expected to do a, you know great things for this team and. I, I don't know what's going on with Christian. I, I think he still has something left, but um, I really worry because, you know, the Brewers invested a lot of money in this guy. And I think that there's, you know, I don't know if it's, I, I don't know what the cause is, but to me, he's by far and away the most disappointing guy on this team. Have, um, have, uh, have other teams figured him out? Is that is that part of it now? Maybe I don't know. Oh, maybe maybe that's it. I mean, there's been speculation that his the the ball that he fouled off into his own kneecap that shattered it a few years ago may have been something that messed with his head. I I don't know. I I have no idea. Not being around him every day, I know that you know we'll, we've got our press passes back, but I think that um, you know it seems like it seems to me that Christian is just completely lost at the plate, and you can't you can't have that from a guy that you're depending on, you know, to be, to be such a, a primary core part, part of your team. This isn't a guy to me, Kesson is still, you know, he had a disappointing year, but he's, he's still young. He, there's still some growing pains. He was dealing with some personal stuff. Um, you know, I, I tend to think that maybe that was the cause of some things, but with Christian, I just, it's frustrating because nobody knows what the problem is. I, and that, that I think is going to have to be the Brewers' number one priority this offseason is to address, you know, how to fix Christian Yelich. So maybe the person who knows the answer to what what's wrong with Christian Yelich is going to be our new hitting coach. Let's hope so. Never know. And the most alarming thing with Christian in, is really his his all of a sudden his lack of power suddenly uh, really just escaped him. But the rest of across the board, I mean, he still shows batting skills and on-base skills. And I, I think if his power can come back around and that can get figured out, I really am confident in a bounce back for Yelich. But yes, his, his season, it, it can't be argued with highly disappointing. 
nine home runs he finished um, on the year. It's pretty terrible. Uh, 51 RBIs. Yeah, that's just just not acceptable. But really well, disappointing he, was someone, sorry. my pick for most disappointing, uh, it's got to be Jackie Bradley Jr. Just because, believe it or not, Jackie Bradley Jr. only had 12 less at-bats than Christian Yelich on the year. If, if, as astounding as that sounds. Um, I mean, he had... 408 played appearances, 387 at bats, and he batted 163 with really not even good on base skills. I mean, really terrible. I mean, and, and not only that, but we're really stuck with him going into 2022. And I mean, he was really counted on to fill in for when when time was being missed by Kane. And like I said, he he was needed, and he just was flat out terrible. With, with the bat so he's my pick yeah sixth inning between those two guys and um and lorenzo kane we have a lot of money tied up next year in that outfield and um we're gonna have to see a lot more production guys well kane 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 hit and and to your point kane hit 259 or i'm sorry what was his batting average uh 257 last year with a 329 obp i mean that's that's not good um, you know, he had some clutch moments, but eight home runs, 36 RBIs, and, you know, you've invested a lot of money into him. So I, I, he provides other things. The, the intangibles are still there. I think that he's a team leader for sure. I, I like him a lot. Um, still provides a good defense. No question about that. But, you know, uh, offensively, the Brewers outfield was just woeful last year with the exception of Garcia, who is a free agent. I mean, if you go yeah, to- and these guys are getting paid more than just about anybody on the team. And that's the part that's really scary. And I hate to say it, but, um, you know, maybe, maybe a bigger market can, um, you know, cover up some of those woes or slap a Band-Aid on it or whatever and, um, and fix it. So, like, when you're a small market, you, you're stuck, man. Like, you, we need these guys to step up. Yeah. And, I mean, if you look at the Brewers overall – numbers individually on the offensive side of the ball and you look at the entire team up and down the line of you're like how did this team make the playoffs even let alone win the division i mean really outside of garcia having a pretty solid year and three is pretty solid i mean besides those and adamas besides those three guys everyone else really kind of had an off year i guess colton Wong was okay but besides that narvaez and Wong kind of were what they should be but everyone else really underachieved so i mean at least to me i that's why i want to look at 2022 as with such positive optimism is because not only do we have a new hitting coach christian yelich is a possibility he could bounce back pretty big time christian could bounce back big time we could acquire someone better than avisel garcia to fill another hole in our lineup and we're bringing back our entire cheap pitching staff cheap young and awesome pitching staff and entire bullpen almost. So, I mean, there's a lot to be optimistic about going, but yeah. So the sense that we had so many candidates for most disappointing player on a playoff uh, team, like I'm really optimistic for, uh, for our window of time in the next couple of years and make more, more runs, so to speak. But uh, all right. Six, Absolutely. I, well, and think about this too. I mean, we ran away with the division in a way that no Milwaukee Brewer team has ever done. I mean, that that's exciting. How do, yeah, I don't know how we do it looking at these numbers from our offensive players. 
<laughs> but uh, I know that the person that's listening on our podcast on the way through Nebraska here maybe goes an awful bit. But here, here we go. Sixth inning, best trade acquisition for the Brewers in 2021. Scott, we're in the sixth inning already. Oh, seventh. Wait, sixth inning. Oh, okay. Um. I'm going to go with William Adamas again. And and just for you, Craig, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep it short and sweet. How about that? That's perfect. Our listeners are perfect. <laughs> Vince. Um, yeah, Willie by far. No question about it. Yeah, I'm going to have to go Willie, too. Obviously, he was just, as Vince pointed out, named our, our team MVP, so to speak. Uh, and he wasn't even on the team until May, right? So, um, very yeah. interesting. It, 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 if you would have told me at the beginning of the season that Orlando Arcia would get a World Series ring out of him, pretty excited. Uh, unfortunately, it wasn't with the Brewers. Um, so. Oh, you know what? As long as you brought up the World Series, let me let me just take a quick, <laughs> quick detour. Um, Seventh inning. One of my oh. one of my friends is a Braves fan, Craig, and he said that he couldn't be happier that Freddie Freeman caught the last out of the World Series to face as a franchise. Um, and that's something that, you know, that play is going to be ingrained in his mind and in his heart for the rest of his life. Um, and, you know, I mean, I, the closest that the Brewers probably have to that is like, you know, Cecil Cooper jumping off first base after the last out. But like, the, I mean, that's, it's just, um, I kind of was picturing this and I'm like, what if, what if the Brewers wound up beating the Braves and wound up winning the World Series? And what if the last out went to first base and, Rowdy Telez is like the guy celebrating, like the photo of like <laughs> Rowdy Telez, um, just like I don't know, going like getting really excited and getting pumped up about winning a World Series. Like that would be something that would be, um, that would be like a framed photo in like every Brewer fan's room, every sports bar for like for the next like fifty years. It'd be incredible. And so now all we can do is dream, but I just think that'd be funny. Yeah, it would have been funny. That, and that's probably why the reason why we didn't make it there. But anyway, um, seventh, <laughs> we all pick Willie, who was a, a, a mini trade. At least had a good postseason. <laughs> yeah, he did. Uh, um, number seven, Vince, you can start us off. What was the best July trade deadline acquisition for the Brewers in 2021, in your opinion? Uh, well, we didn't make a ton of moves. Um, I guess that we'll have to go with Escobar. I mean, I think that he was solid enough, you know, down the stretch. He was certainly serviceable and, and provided, you know, a, a bat that, you know, was, was, I guess, kind of what we needed. I, I wish that we would have maybe done a little bit more looking back at it, but um, I don't think it's going to be John Curtis or Daniel Norris. No, definitely not be. Scott? Um. No, Scott was going to pick one. Sorry, Scott. You can still pick both. <laughs> was, um, I think this is a pretty deep poll, but um, did, didn't we trade for Hunter Strickland? We picked that, him up off. I thought we picked him up off of waivers, but I could be wrong. I thought we traded sure. him for cash or something stupid. I got to look it up. Now. Hang on. I want to see if he counts. Just skip me. I'll be, just come okay, back. Okay, I'll, I'll go first then. I'll, I'm going to go with Rowdy Telez, who we just talked about would have been on our iconic uh, shot at first base. 
for some reason, uh, winning the World Series. Unfortunately, he didn't do that. But like Vince pointed out, he did actually have a nice postseason. And even before that, you know, for regular season, he, he hit seven bombs, uh, hit 272 with 333 on base percentage uh, with 28 RBIs. And, and basically, so basically, if you had a, he, he, yeah, he would have, he had a better season than Vogelback. And um, I, I don't know. I, I just really think that he was a nice acquisition. Um, Skabar, you know, Hunter's, he's, yeah, that's a good pick, Craig. I like, I like, I like Les. Well, guys, uh, guess what? I have a shocking surprise for you. My interns looked it up, uh, the interns that we don't have. Hunter Strickland, the Brewers acquired him from the Angels for cash in June. There you go. Got it. <laughs> it was a month early. You said July, right? Good work. So on the, I'm just wondering on the Angels podcast, uh, similar to ours, if if they're doing the same rapid nine, and they said their favorite acquisition in July was cash. That would be pretty. Two hundred dollars from two hundred dollars from Mark Adonazio. <laughs> that was our best. Thanks, one. Mark. Pretty deadline acquisition, but that was. Uh, now we're on to the eighth inning here, and we're halfway through Nebraska almost, I believe, at this point. Um, <laughs> um, I'm actually going yeah. to listen to this on an overseas flight next week, and I'm pretty excited. It's going to be great. It's going to last like the duration of the flight. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> This actually is well, looking back. No, there's no rule. To laugh. There's no rule that you only have to listen to the podcast once. I mean, if that's you guys true. I'll just keep it, I'll, our numbers just, help us juke the stats. That's true. I'll, I'll just keep it on repeat. Uh, yeah, that, that sounds good. Actually, they'll take up. Listen to those older episodes. You can hear us talking about how you know we'll we'll make some bold predictions that don't come true. It's, it's awesome. Yeah, sounds good. <laughs> we'll do. <laughs> you only have to go back one episode for that for me so that's true i can't wait <laughs> okay so the, for the eighth inning question which will be i think it's scott's or no it's vince's turn i think for to lead off yeah. eighth inning um now this is best free agent acquisition that you can either go last off season or during the season apparently on restrictions not an option because we trade them for cash but besides that yep free agent <laughs> signing from 2021 season or last uh, Colt Colton Wong. I mean, I, I think that, you know, when you look back, the Brewers made two free agent acquisitions that would be considered quote big. One was Wong and one was Bradley. Right. So I, I, it's, yeah. uh, it's gotta be Wong. Scott. Um, if we're talking with our hearts, I think the answer is John Axford. He, um, he had a phenomenal run with the Brewers years ago, and he had a, he had a slightly less phenomenal run this year with us. And I, I do say that in jest. I, John Axford is one of my personal favorites. If you have amazing facial hair and you're on the Brewers, you're a winner in my book no matter what. I don't care what the score says. Just like Joey Myers. In my book, we're going to be winners. That's just so. like Joey Meyer. <laughs> um, All right. Well, but, um, that's a good answer, Scott. I have, I'm, I'm still going to say Wong. And I, I think mostly because of um, here, unfortunately having a slightly down year, like I I've already harped on. And not only that, but like the best part is, is that the Cardinals wouldn't pay him. And we did. And it's just great. <laughs> 
Yep. I'm going to go with Brad Boxberger. Uh, I mean, he, that's a good pick. Like you're toward the back of the bullpen. And, and if you really think about it, we were really assuming that, you know, Devin Williams as airbender were going to be awesome throughout the whole year. But to be quite honest, he was not that good the first two months of the season and, uh, or in the postseason, I should, should add, or even in the celebration or in the locker rooms, he wasn't good either. But Brad Boxberger was pretty <laughs> route. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna go with him, and I, I don't know. Hopefully, he can he can be brought back, but maybe not. Um, so, all right, here we go. Finally, the ninth inning. We're almost. Which I don't know which direction these people, our podcast listeners, are heading in Nebraska, but probably. Um, probably They've already up. turned it off. It's fine. The next state. No, come on, you guys are. All right, I think. Right? I think uh, Scott, do you lead this one off? Your favorite okay. game or moment of 2021. Hmm. Um, well, I just made fun of the Cardinals, so I don't want to do it again right away. But um, <laughs> the Vogelbach walk-off Grand Slam is, is probably the best and, and most obvious answer. Um, that was pretty awesome. Um, and the fact that it happened at home against the Cardinals is like uh, just, you know, the icing on the cake. So. All right, that's a great pick. Um, Vince? Uh, that was a great game. I'm going to go, though, with the game that the Brewers were down 7 to nothing against the Cubs. Uh, I believe it was Ashby's Major League debut. 7 to nothing in the first inning, Chicago, and the Brewers answered back with 7 and then another 7 and ended up the winning, winning the game with uh, seven runs and scored, you know, 14 or more runs that game. I forget exactly how many we ended up with, but uh, just to pile on. And, and one of my favorite parts was not only getting, you know, the win itself and, and doing it at Wrigley Field and in Chicago with all those idiot Cubs fans, but um, <laughs> it, it really is part of the series that led the Cubs to completely fold and, and sell off half their team. Um at the trade deadline a couple of weeks after that. I, I remember I was in, um, we were in Washington for something and the Cubs happened to be in DC playing the nationals the day of the trade deadline. And both teams like completely traded their entire rosters that day. And all these idiot Cubs fans showed up in like Baez jerseys and Bryant jerseys and just a bunch of morons. It was awesome. Um, just to see them all like crying, uh, <laughs> after, after their team had traded everybody that day, it was great. And and I guess I should say that like, it's not that we hate the Cardinals and the Cubs. It's just that we like every other MLB team more than them. I I really do hate the Cubs a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I was just trying to be nice. However, <laughs> it, it does seem to me, Vance, and you would probably know this more than that. But did you attend more Cardinals games or Brewer games in 2021? Uh, Brewer games. I thought two three Cardinals games, one in Milwaukee and two in uh, St. Louis. Oh, okay. Just, just messing with you, but no, th- yeah. that's a great pick. I, that, that, that was actually going to be my pick for, for because I was thought you were going to pick a different one, but no, I remember Ashby getting lit up in that. Uh, and I love Ashby. So I was like, Oh boy, this is sucks. And, and the Cubs had just, I think a few days prior thrown a combined no hitter th- themselves against the Dodgers, I believe. And we're in first place going into that series against us, I believe. Um, and then we just basically took them, not only took them out of first place, but basically put them on a downward spiral and a huge losing streak. I think that made them into, you know, like I said, they traded off 
their entire team and went into massive rebuilding mode, uh, mode by the end of July. So pretty phenomenal game. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty cool. They went yeah. down a spiral and that team was just broken. And it was awesome. What do you do? <laughs> yep. Um, but my pick is going to be, well, I don't know if you guys, I imagine Vince might not remember too much because I'm assuming you might not have been in Little League even yet. But back in 1987, when the Brewers last threw a no-hitter, um, it was quite a while ago. In fact, 34 years ago. So the fact that the Brewers were able to throw their second franchise no-hitter this year, I guess, has to be my pick for game of the year. That's a good pick. Even though it was a little bit disappointing that, you know, Burns didn't get to finish it out and there was some, you know, uh, the, the traditionalists, like I guess myself, didn't like that. But the fact that, uh, you know, Hader was able to actually complete the deal and the no hitter was finalized in Cleveland on September 11th, 2021, that uh, in spite of the inappropriate jokes Scott has been telling that day, um, that that really was a great moment, I think, in the in the 2021 season and, and, and really in franchise brewer history, really. So. Hopefully that helps yeah, Spurns over the edge for that uh, signing award because, as like Vince pointed out, I've got some financial investments in it, and so has Scott. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let's hope not too shabby. Next podcast, even though I won't be holding my breath with the uh, LA bias and whatnot. So, Craig, now you can take that those earnings and buy a plane ticket to come down to Texas for. Uh, you know, a series next spring. I, I think that we, I even researched some dates that uh, yeah. you and Scotty can drive down from Vegas. No problem at all. I mean, we can use his car, but um, we can definitely go to, uh, to both Arlington for a Rangers game and to, to Houston. And uh, it'd be, it'd be a great couple of days. So, um, you know, that's what we can put the earnings towards. Absolutely. <laughs> My car is a dent in it from where, uh, I guess like really fast storms out here, they just call them microbursts. And um, a shopping cart hit my car at like 50 miles an hour. <laughs> nice. That's okay. One time, one time Craig backed into a pole in Mexico and uh, put a hole into his bumper. It was, it was unbelievable. <laughs> that was intentional. Yeah, that was that to collect uh, rainwater. He was being an environmentalist. Because it opened up that bumper. <laughs> <laughs> Rainbow Bright wanted to go do yoga on the beach after that, but yeah, it was uh, pretty, pretty, pretty impressive. <laughs> Luckily, the local the locals there weren't familiar with most of the um, this the English swear words that were being. Yeah, no, I, yeah, true. Right? No, Scotty, I, I'm excited for you to get down here. Uh, I've been looking up. Uh, you know, we got we got a boot store that you can go to to get some cowboy boots and a hat. You're going to, you're going you're to be all dudded up. It's going to be great. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I'll have to work on my y'alls and I'll have to yep. get rid of my uh, nose, but yeah. yeah. True. No more. You guys <laughs> it's, it's y'all. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, well, well, it was a disappointing end to a great season and, uh, but the Brewers didn't make the playoffs for the fourth consecutive time. And I'm uber confident as long as there is a season next year. And I'm kind of confident there will be that the Brewers will be making the playoffs once again. So hopefully we're, we're back having our world series wrap up podcast at this time next year. Cause that would be phenomenal. Well, that's oh, right. And the, and the, four, the four playoff appearances in a row for Milwaukee has, uh, 
is now fully 50% of the team, the franchise's all-time playoff appearances uh, in the 52 years of Brewers history. Blows the mind. So when we make the playoffs next year, um, they'll probably add another wild card permanently, so it'll be even easier. Um, and then, yeah, then that'll be five in a row, and that'll be then more than half of our playoff appearances will be in the last five years. But I was going to say honorable mention um, for best games of the year. Uh, remember that one playoff game we won? That was awesome. Thank you, Scott. I, well, I, well, I did <laughs> that game for $7, I think it was. So thank you for whoever yeah, bad. to me on StubHub. I appreciate that. Um, not bad, Craig. Good job. Yeah, it was – it, it was uh, a disappointing end of the season, but the one thing that I guess just to wrap up the podcast finally <laughs> um, is that I think the Brewers need a strike while the iron is hot. And like I said, the division is there for the tanking again next year. And not only that, but we did not lose David Stearns to the Mets and we did not lose Matt Arnold to the Mets or any other team for that matter this off season. So I, I think that while those guys are in place and calling the shots, this team, because with success, those guys that eventually at some point are probably going to move on to um, markets are going to pay them more and, and whatever. And, but I think that they want to see, you know, the challenge through of getting this team to the world series. And I really hope that that happens here and in, in, in either next year or the year after that, I really think the Brewers have this window of opportunity that they've really got to hammer home. And, and that's why I think, We'll, we'll talk about this on, on the next podcast, but I think the Brewers really have to kind of try to try to go for it this next year or two. I, I think it's really important, uh, and I, I think the Brewers well, that close to getting to the World Series. And, and I'm glad you mentioned that because, um, I mean, it, this is a sentence that I've, I've really, um, you know, other than the last few years, I've, I've never been able to utter in my life, but it was that this Brewer front office is like ahead of the curve. Like they are trendsetters in analytics right now. Like they are ahead of the game. That's incredible because um, I, I don't think that was always the case. I obviously don't know, but um, I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm willing to stick my neck out there and say that that hasn't always been true. The only you mean that Dean is, Taylor and Sal Bando were not doing those things? I'm sure that they were in their own interesting unique way but it, they did not unfortunately it did not yield the results um yeah. but i was going to say the big thing about this is first of all that never happens second of all that the brewers are ahead of the game in analytics second of all um all the other teams are going to catch up and make adjustments very very quickly their teams even the dodgers they're like picking up our cast off like because they know that we're on to something and uh, these other teams are going to catch up. And that's more than enough reason to strike while the iron is hot. Because right now we've got the core, like we've got some amazing players on this team and we have some players that aren't great. And I realize that not everybody's going to be an all-star, but this team, you just fill a couple holes and this team is stacked. We're ready. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. I thought we were right here. And not only, not only that, but like the thing going in the playoffs, we were actually healthy outside of obviously Devin Williams. 
we were pretty much healthy in all the real key spots. And I think that's, that's pretty huge as you even look, even the team, like the Braves and, and, and of course the Astros who made the world series, they had some really key in- injuries going into the playoffs that really could have cost them and yeah. ended up not. I mean, their uh, McCullers was down and of course they lost, yeah. they lost Morton and the world, the first game of the world series. And so the Brewers were really, you know, healthy. And th- that's why I think it was kind of really an opportunity loss, but let's hope for the best of health all of next season going into the next playoffs or whatever. And, and like I said, um, the Brewers have to be, I think, a little bit more aggressive in, in trading from their farm and also from possibly uh, trading for more, a little bit more of a difference maker at, at the trade deadline as well. I mean, no offense to uh, Escobar or Telez or whatever, but I mean, if you look at even the guys the the Braves were able to bring in really help put them over the edges. Like I think they acquired like four outfielders after Kuna went down. So yeah, all, all those guys. So where Anderson, all those guys were deadline acquisitions. And you know, I to, to I know we're trying to wrap this up, and we've got our our interns here. We waiting, are. But, um, well, I just wanted to say the the uh, I, I one point that you made before, Craig, is that you didn't think that the Brewers may spend a ton of money on a bat this offseason. I I may disagree. And I think that 90% of off seasons, you're right. But I, I think that if it's ever going to happen, this is the off season to do it. Um, I'm not saying it's going to be, you know, Castellanos or something, but um, I, I do think that given where we're at, that Adonacio may be willing to spend a little bit more money, um, you know, going into 2022 than he was going into 2018, for instance. I, and I think that the pitching staff is still reasonable and affordable enough that, you know, we can afford to do that. And we are, to take Garcia's money off the book so there there is a little bit I think that we can play with so I, I wouldn't be completely shocked if we did go out and get a bigger name uh, to plug into that lineup yeah let's hope so yeah it should be exciting offseason on multiple levels I mean <laughs> the, and we'll talk about this in the next podcast that obviously the CBA is going to throw some type of wrench in there in some fashion um, and it'll, it'll make for a definitely interesting, but possibly hopefully not taxing and stressful off season uh, of uncertainty, but uh, it's, it's going to be interesting. That's for sure. Sounds good guys. Well, I'm counting down the, uh, the days until opening day at this point. I'm already excited. Absolutely. All right. Well, um, stay classy. St. Louis and West Dallas. Wait, and, are we supposed to tell people like I don't know yeah, where to find us or something or Twitter? Yeah. I don't. I mean, that's and how to donate. Think, to us on like the yeah, donate probably the most important part. And, yeah, yeah, well, we donate. don't have that. We don't. I mean, oh, yeah. like, if, if you're telling people, if you're telling our listeners where to f- money. <laughs> if you're telling <laughs> listeners where to find us, where they've already found us, like kind of. Well, send us send us your questions via email to uh, to Scott. He is uh, monitoring our emails all the time. We will get to your questions uh, next episode. I know that we didn't uh, didn't really have time here tonight, but uh, Brew Crew Review Podcast with an S at gmail dot com is our email address. Otherwise, Brew Crew Review One on Twitter. Uh, we we try to. I know Scott's very busy posting things and making sure our social media stays active uh, constantly on there. Well, and not only that, but like guys, this podcast is. At this point, um, whoa, it's like 90 minutes or something like that. Like, we're getting there. And, I mean, there's at least 15 solid minutes of content here. And so I think that almost kind of warrants a five-star review. Um, (laughs) We could really use them. 
So I greatly appreciate it if you guys can, can do that. And um, yeah, if uh, if you could listen to this podcast and all of our past ones uh, five or six times, um, just leave it on. It's fine. You don't even have to listen. Just leave it on. Play. <laughs> and I think this podcast. I think you're right about the the total running time of this podcast may may be our new podcast record for us. It's not as long as Brooker <laughs> movie, but it's still. I think it might be a new record. I'm not sure, Scott. Could you have your interns check on that for next time? Uh sure. Why not? Yeah. Maybe get maybe get some interns. That'd be great. Yeah, that'd be nice. <laughs> we'll be coming back <laughs> well, to you, guys. listeners. That's a good episode and. Uh, appreciate all the insight uh, appreciate you chad uh chad and tom carter and, and vikram and everybody who's uh, helped here with the show scotty's interns everybody thank you if you'd like a credit at DeVry university um feel free to apply <laughs> just uh i don't know send us something on twitter or whatever it is at brook review <laughs> one right i think that's what it is yes that's it awesome all right stay all right guys nurse and go brewers Stay classy, guys. Go Brewers. Go Brewers.